I believe that like why psychology is way behind every other technological field, you know, in the year 20 fucking 22 is because when humans get close to actually seeing themselves, they're like, never mind. And they turn right around. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. 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 Yes. <laughs> when you start pointing out the blind spots, they're like, whoa, but that's really hard, really painful. I don't like that. But it's like, yeah, then if you know what your blind spots are, then this weird invisible hand that keeps slapping you in the back of the head, which is actually something that you set in motion, you know, then you end up not feeling like a victim. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-president of Filing 458 Hi, I'm David Gray, self-president sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an 8 wing 7, sexual self-president with 854 Fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-president sexual 3 wing 4 with a... If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Hormone Enneagram Show. Today, I'm here with David, John, Joseph, and myself, of course, and our special guest, Dave Powers of Objective Personality. We also, you know, we refer to it as OPS for short. So Dave is one of the co-founders of OPS with his wife, Shan. And for more information about their system, you can go to their website, objectivepersonality.com. We've discussed this before on a previous episode a couple months ago where we did a rough intro, um, just sort of like going over the basic concepts, basically John grilling me and I'm fucking trying to <laughs> <laughs> explain the best of I, as I could as, you know, I'm a novice in this system and I've... We discovered it about six months or eight months ago when Ikram, who is a you know a friend of you guys's, who yeah uh, yeah she introduced this system to David, who then infected all of us with it, and so we've been tinkering and studying with it for the last eight months, and so we were hoping that we would get a chance to eventually talk to you and delve into the you know because a lot of people are interested in in what the Enneagram has to offer when you're looking at MBTI or what what the overlap between those systems are. And if for the first time it seems like the way that you you guys have been approaching MBTI with OPS has really created some interesting original like ways of looking at self-growth. And so yeah. and so the goal of this call trying to get an outline because we generally don't have structure <laughs> right <laughs> I, you know with with what we're doing because there's so much to talk about and there's a lot of complexities with the system and that we want to like start from a perspective of, you know, what are some things that we can look at that OPS offers in terms of self-growth and how can we compare that to the Enneagram? So we're just going to start with, you know, what are types in OPS, those of us who have been typed or, you know, what our working guesses might be, and then turn it over to you in terms of uh, how you discovered OPS and created it and, and we can go from there. Yeah, great. All right. So my type is already in the intro, but I was typed... I was uh, shaved a couple months ago. I think when I did the original pod, I thought I was, I might be NITE, which is something we're going to talk about, like sensory versus intuition. But my type is, is uh, S-E-T-E, so an ESFP uh, with play consume as my savior animals. 
uh, and then sleep last. Now we're going to yeah. get into some of these concepts for those of you who are trying to like, what the hell is, is that? Um, but then let me turn it over to Joseph, who has also been typed. Uh, talk about your Enneagram type and your OPS type. Yeah, sure. So uh, in Enneagram, uh, listeners know I'm social sexual four-wing free with six and one fixes. So like annoying trash. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Very judgmental annoying trash. You, <laughs> Even yeah. self-critical looks like. I was, <laughs> yeah. You, so, and you guys typed me, um, uh, you and Shan typed me a few months ago. You were probably like, who the fuck is this? No, we do person? remember you. Yeah, we do remember we do, you. Yeah. There, yeah. see? Yeah, you remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, it was NEFI, double masculine, uh, uh, consume play, blast sleep yeah right that's what we got yeah and then david hasn't he's he's waiting because i mean to get typed you have to be a member of your class for 90 days and I, it's clear listening to david that he's on the woo-woo side of nf in terms of those you know for listeners nf is the uh intuition and the feeling where you just get into sort of abstract woo-woo land um not sure what his, his type is going to be but i'm willing to bet that's that's what he's going to get and then john uh hasn't been typed by y'all either but um we discussed like on that call you know what what is everyone overdoing and john overdoes detail <laughs> so uh, you know there's a very concentrated focus on like what things mean um that he's got going on that i think might be ti uh si that's my working guesses of right now, but sure, cool, yeah. I guess the first question is kind of like, how did you get into this? How did you discover and create this? And what are y'all doing? What is objective personality? Yeah, sure. So we we got into objective personality very accidentally, kind of not really looking forward. It was more of trying to figure out how to make things work in life, like trying to make our crazy lives that were getting more and more depressed and anxiety and just needing to reach out for self-growth to kind of save ourselves felt like, you know, so it wasn't like a fun hobby. It was more like, Oh my God, I don't want to die. You know, what's, what the hell's going on here? You know? Mm -hmm. And then we also were using Myers-Briggs or psychology or personality or anything we could for sales at RC airplane business. Mm. And uh, so, so we had, we had add that kind of aspect to it of, of using of personality, Myers-Briggs, just whatever we could find on the internet, the early internet days. I mean, all the way back to like 2004 and stuff, there wasn't a whole lot online back then. Um, but we were using it just for self-growth and for sales. And then at some point in time, there was a really good Vox video that came out. I forget what year, might've been like 2013 or 15 or something like that. But um, they're just talking about how the Myers-Briggs is not scientific and, and stuff like that. And, and we're like, huh, that's interesting because we're, we're enjoying it. We're getting some uses out of it. You know, we seem to have our types pretty well figured out and, you know, we're, we're using it to some degree in sales. And so it just kind of got us thinking like, all right, so you know, is this stuff scientific and, you know, we're, are we able to track it in any way, shape or form? So we didn't really take that too seriously, nor was that like a huge priority of like trying to, 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 to get some scientific tracking with personality, but it was just mm -hmm. kind of in the back of our heads, you know? Um, and so we took a run at it. We, we, uh, we, we did like kind of this, you know, we put a, a, each other in separate rooms and went like, Hey, you know, our friend or this, this person on YouTube, what type do you think they are? So we, we started typing separately to try and get some type of, uh, we just call it like non Ouija board. You know, it's like when everybody is in the same room with each other, like, Hey, what type do you think this person is? We all kind of throw out our guesses and like, 
the group kind of aligns at a type, you know, a lot of right. kind of back and forth. So we were typing that way and not really realizing how much we were influencing each other when we're mm-hmm. typing Sally or whatever, you know? And so we thought we were pretty good at typing. And then once you put us in separate rooms and trying to type a celebrity or whatever, we found how much we very much were not like, just like the Vox video and science has been saying for a lot of decades, if you try and track Myers-Briggs in any way, shape or form in some type of a scientific setting, it doesn't really hold water all that well. Hmm. So that was discouraging and surprising because we thought we were, you know, how hard this can be, how how, how hard could this be? So then we kind of just left it alone for a while. Um, but I just kept thinking, no, I swear to God, we're tracking stuff in sales. Like we, we were, we were getting some objectivity, some objective measurement in sales when we would do the sales campaigns toward ISTJs, which was our target customer group and RC airplanes, you know, guys building, these are like retired guys from the military that are like building, I don't want to call them toys because they're more complicated than toys, but they're building like, you know, thousands of dollars worth of radio controlled models that they paint very detailed. Right. You right. know, and so it's a very specific, like not everybody does that. Like, 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 why would you spend so much money and so much time and detail to control this little plane in the sky? Like, you know, when you, you get to know all these guys on the forum, like there's a lot of psychological drivers there. Like why is somebody getting out their stress through controlling these little physical models, you know? Right. And so, uh, that matched up very well with ISDJ. Then there's other guys, you know, the, the tribe gets large enough and here comes the ENFJs and here comes the INTJs and they want to be special. And, you know, you get the other people sprinkled in there, but, but largely it was ISDJs, you know? Hmm. And, uh, they all had the same, you know, cop mustache and they would all write the same <laughs> and they would like write in all capitals and like, make their colors all any like demon any different you know they'd all like have volkswagen bugs with tie-dye colors with their their demon any coming out you know and they'd all argue with each other of which glue is better than the other you know and, and yeah. so it, it it felt like it started to feel like we were getting trolled like okay i swear this is the same guy like th- th- <laughs> you know <laughs> and so that that's what kept us coming back and then then just to kind of speed up the story, we then started to take it a little bit more seriously of like, okay, I, I swear to God, there's something here. Let's try and track this more. And so we kept, we, we, we went to like science, like if there is something scientific here, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you got to like define your terms better. Hmm. And we're like, okay, that was really hard because what the hell is NE? What's SI? Like, how do you define that? You know? And so that took a long time. Um, when we finally overlapped it with, Tony Robbins human needs with Tony Robbins. Uh, he's got the four human needs and we overlap that with Carl Jung's uh, eight functions, um, mm-hmm. which kind of breaks into four as well. That's when we got an overlap. And so you kind of got a cross check. So if you are suspecting somebody is savior SI, then they also should be savior control with yes. the human needs of savior control. So now you could get, you know, like in school, like, and wait, what does that mean? Like, can you just, Briefly, I mean, this is one of the things we're going to get yeah. into, so you might as well. But the, what does control as a human need mean if someone has that as a savior? Yeah, it's like it's just everybody has it, right? Everybody has say that's what that's what fucks everybody off. Is they're like, I I have control. It's like, yeah, no shit. We all have savior control. We all have control, but it's like, what is obsessively wrecking the other one? What are you doing so much that you're not doing the other one enough? Mm-hmm. You know, right, like right. The, the way I, the way I like here comes a me story. The way that I feel my savior control is like, you know, when you're a kid, you go to like camp or you go, you go skiing with everybody and like you're out for like a week or so. It's like after about a day or so, the savior control is like, you know, I just want to get back to the cabin. I just want to get back to the cozy spot. I want to get back to the known. And we all feel that way. Like sometimes it'll be at the end of the day. 
But it's like that guy who's like, uh, no, I don't, I don't want to go explore the next run. I don't want to go out and drink tonight. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go do something new. I found something really cozy here. And we all, we all love that feeling of like, let me come back to my cozy spot. Yeah. But imagine if you just like live there and like your life was rotting because you weren't ever going out to an extreme. And even all your buddies are like, dude, get out every once in a while. Like that's what like an overgrowth of control looks like, you know? And that's happening like, you know, even conceptually in the way people think you're saying. Yeah. Like, right. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's leaking out. If you, if you go pull 10 people from the street and you start talking to them, they all seem the same. Like it's hard to tell who's who, but like live with them for a year. Like it's, it's like, uh, you know, you're walking in the, here comes more analogies. You're walking in the desert and this person, the left foot is like slightly bigger than the right one. You don't notice it till like mile 100. Right. You realize right, right. you went in a big giant circle. So it's like, we talk about life pile, you know, cause everyone's like, they said this word, therefore they are this type. Like, dude, like what is the void they're causing in the tribe? If you lived with this person for a year and you're now going to hit them over the head with a frying pan, what are you screaming from the bottom of your soul that's driving you nuts that this person is doing? Right. Are they way over controlling everything or are they so chaotic they won't narrow down at all? And by the end of a year, I'm just kind of using that as a overshooting example, like your body knows, oh my God, this person is a, is a controlling ass and needs to take in new. You know, <laughs> and this is something. This is something I forgot before. Just to let people know what your type is in OPS, uh, we're gonna get into your Enneagram type later. But just so people yeah. know, you're, you're talking about yourself as a control freak, but your your type is <laughs> the worst one. It's uh, it's like I'm a selfish, controlling INTJ. It's it's uh, it's INTJ Myers Briggs, but then NIFI. So I have the self above tribe. You know, with the. Uh, I'll, I'll do the same control, but it'll be abstract and then self above tribe. So I'm FI versus TE, you know, a little bit different than a standard Myers-Briggs uh, type. Same with yours, you know, jumping that second function. Mm -hmm. So anybody who, who's got thoughts, questions? I want to, uh, hi, Dave. I'm John. Uh, <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> I need to understand, I don't know much about Myers-Briggs nor uh, OPS, but I need to understand why ISTJs need uh, radio a AC uh planes <laughs> <laughs> right I, I know i like i have um, to know this <laughs> i i so what i've seen from like like becoming really good friends with a lot of these guys and seeing how much the human needs have so much in common so it's like ni versus ne it's like like there's a lot of common there in the in the function or the, or the guessing or the intuition but i feel like there's more in common with ni and si where the human need of like hey i kind of want to do my I want to run back to my cozy spot. And mm -hmm. the NI is a little bit more abstract. Like, I just, need, I just need my cozy blanket and a whiteboard and my future plans of someday I'll be awesome, right? But the, the SI is like, eh, that, that's good. I just want to express that a little bit more practical, a little bit more physical. So mm. what I would see with these guys is like their, their marriages have, have died years ago and it's just a horrible relationship and they're disgruntled at the government and their, their boss fucks them over. And they're, they're just feeling like the world is picking on, on them and there's so much chaos everywhere. Like this is one area where they could feel that sense of control in their life. And these guys didn't even like flying the plane. They would build them and then they'd be too afraid to fly them. But it was like, <laughs> it was a, that's it amazing. Was an yeah. It was an expression <laughs> of, I can't control anything in my life, but I can, I can feel like I have control right here. Interesting. And the reason I think John might be have SI as a savior. I mean, this is a recent 
uh, insight for me is I was listening, I was, you know, editing and listening to the Egypt episode. And, you know, I can relate as a sensory type of uh, just like the factual nature of something like the Egyptian, you know, the pyramids. But I, I was recognizing, but this is different. I don't know why, you know, why is this, I'm not really, it's hitting me very differently. And part of it is just what John is marveling at is the level of sensory control in being able to construct something that incredible. And so the details of what that represents. Um, and so like the pyramids could be like a, like an SI, you know, wet dream. It, and that's my guess. It, that's my you know hypothesis of what was going on there with um, John's obsession with Egypt. Is that oh the right, because he just got like all of those blocks perfectly fitting together that have, have lasted a thousand thousands of years. And there's a history the, behind it, you know, like yeah. that the, the lineage of uh, putting together something like that intentionally, and you know some right. other some other SI saviors like yeah, Elon, exactly, yeah. Elon yeah, Musk like the, who build rockets and things like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the, the pyramids would be a good example of SI where it's physically controlling, physically controlling and stacking something in the environment, literally blocks in this case. Doesn't mean the guy had SI, probably did, but that's what SI looks like, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I can go on my whole thing, but for me it's like <laughs> that it is, that it was to represent this like sense of the nothing or the something coming out of the nothing right like this the, the logos and that they decided to represent that in physical form and not just keep it as a philosophy right 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 yeah yeah i can yeah, I, totally, I totally relate to that i feel like me as a savior nf it's like i feel like that's what you know as i peacock and show off my demons i'm like that's what i want to do i want to take this abstract emotional thing and how can i get it into concrete somehow before i die you know right right and like david who we think might actually be probably a similar type as you he does a similar control thing conceptually where you know he discovered a thing called uh he mapped the uh enneagram instincts to something called the bhava chakra and I thought it was an interesting example of NI control because it seems like you mapped the uh, Young's eight functions to Tony Robbins' human needs and created, you know, OPS out of that. And something that happens with, you know, whenever we're doing calls with David is like he has a way of always relating anything we're talking about back to his Bhava Chakra connection with the instincts. Yeah, it's always, right. It's, it's always coming back to the same thing. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of chess. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's really cool. So yeah, I, I guess that's, you've already kind of begun to touch on that, but like the human needs and, you know, to sort of go into how there's a mistyping thing that happens in MBTI communities and even happens in the Enneagram and what we try to emphasize with what we're doing is that there are structural differences between the types. And so not to say, oh, I feel like I'm an intuitive person, so I must be, and my savior function must be intuition. But there's like a, the human needs, you know, outline a structure that if you can tap into that, then you can actually start to really see that type in action. So um, yeah. if you could get into like, you know, you talked about control, but you know, what are the other human needs? And because you know, I think that would be really helpful to people to really understand the core of what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's like it, it unfolds into just a giant mess of way too much. But if, if you're really to break it down to its simplest binary coins, it really is just observing and deciding. And so observing has two coins, control and chaos. And then deciding has two coins, self and tribe. And then that kind of splits to, you know, thinking and feeling kind of 
branches off down the decider rabbit hole and sensory and intuition goes down the you know observing rabbit hole and stuff but really the biggest thing we see is is the observing and the deciding and so like like for example the way we look at it is like okay if somebody's coming over to your house you know it's like i really and they're gonna like we had a guy come over today at the, at the new place and he's installing blinds you know and it's like I don't really care what Enneagram wing he is or what their sexual modality is. It's like, okay, somebody's coming over to my house. What is their life story going to be about? What kind of tornado is whirling around them? Are they going to be, if they hang out too long, are they going to start hijacking the conversation and talk about tribe drama? Or are they going to start talking about aliens and the the government and the news and conspiracies, observer stuff? Mm-hmm. And really, when you look at it that way, when we're videotyping people, you know, that's really the first thing we're looking for is that you get people talking long enough and they're going to, they're going to go down one of those two roads, period. And they don't, there's nothing else that people talk about. Now they'll talk <laughs> about it in a million different ways, but they're either the observers are in one corner trying to figure out the missing information, who stole my cheese, what the government's going to do next, uh, RC airplanes, inflation, something to do with that because they, they have like a, a, a treaty, a truce of, I, I can't have too much drama with the people because I need them to help me solve my biggest fear and that is this missing information. I'm on the lost path. I'm on the wrong pathway. What's happening next? I need my security. I need my freedom. I'm feeling controlled. I'm feeling trapped. Something to do with that, right? And then the decider conversation is totally different. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're on the wrong pathway. Don't worry. You'll figure it out. Yeah, your computer needs an update. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the government, they're always doing fucking something. Who cares? So they have a truce with like, I, I'm not allowed to feel too freaked out about control chaos. That'll sort itself out because judgment what about the other guy? What do you mean by that? Are they going to kill me off? Am I way too egotistical? Oh my God, I suck. I'm the worst. Wait, no, I'm not the worst. I'm actually the best right now. No, wait, I'm the worst. No, he's better than me. This, and then it goes down the, the, the people train. Then it just kind of unfolds of different types of stories on top of that. You know? So we see that's what people are. We're, we're all really trying to process in some way, shape or form. And it's not, it's not like a it's not like, oh, yeah, I kind of do that. Like, no, no, no. This is like what people's lives are about. This is like how and why you can predict what's the person going to do a year from now, 10 years from now. You know, like watching my brother who's an observer. It's like, okay, he's, he's only, you know, now that, now that he's 40, it's kind of been predicting him for 10 or 15 years now. As an EP, he's only gotten worse when it comes to the fear of the government and all the rest of that stuff, you know. Mm. And my two decider brothers, you know, they're fine with all the chaos in the world, but they're feeling more of, you know, the judgment and the tribe and, and all the rest of that stuff. So it's not like it goes away. It's not like you shake out of it. It's not like you had some event when you were in college that made you this way. It's like, no, these are our life defining pathways is, uh, you know, are we try to process uh, observations or are we try to process something to do with people, you know? Hmm. Okay. So I'm an observer. Uh, David probably is an observer. Dave, you are an observer, and Joseph is also an observer. Uh, John is not the one; is the one I'm not sure about if he's an observer or or decider. So, what what would you say are some distinctions that you maybe? I don't want to say just type John now, but in terms of like what what type some, me type me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, just like what because let's say he's S I T I as a savior. I mean, not sure if he's T.I. Um, I mean, of course, it could be something else, but let's just go with T.I. and S.I. How would you figure out if, if he was yeah. a decider or an observer? Yeah, so it's like, you know how you and I, as as double deciders or single observers, we'll have the same feelings as everybody else where we'll feel like, okay, there's times where, oh, shit, I was, I was getting way too cocky or way too arrogant, and now I got pie on my face, I'm getting humbled, 
God, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. So we'll we'll feel that. Um, or then we'll be there'll be times where we're just like, fuck, man, I was such a bitch. I was just going along with everybody's bullshit. I didn't really want to do this, but they are everybody else seemed like they had a great idea and I didn't want to, you know, they're yeah. better than me. You know, so you're you're feeling that, you know, one way or another. And then you'll kick your own ass when you get home and you'll be able to realize that. And that'll hurt. And you'll feel bad about it, but then you know you you check the news, and now you got a, a bigger problem because we're afraid of the thing or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's like it it seems to be that we all have the same fears, we all have the same everything. It's just where is your cilantro wiring? Like some people are genetically wired. This is a stupid NI analogy. Like some people are wired to cilantro freaks them out, and some people it doesn't. It's just a complete genetic wiring. Like twenty three and me, they they've been able to track that. Or like scratching fingernails on a chalkboard. Some people it bothers, some people it doesn't. Not that anybody really likes that, but some people it like absolutely triggers their fight or flight. Like if you had a sandwich in my ear, I want to throw something through a fucking window. It's like tied to my freak out wiring. And that's a, a real just genetic disorder that some people have. Some people don't, right? So with the deciders, it's like they'll also go through all the same tribe bullshit we all do. But rather than just like shaking it off and going, man, that sucked. It like burrows into the nervous system and becomes the problem in life, not hmm. a problem in life, you know? Yeah. So the feeling of, you know, if John's an IP, it's going to be more of like, you know, there'll be like five or six days. I don't know what the time frame will be, but it's to say five or six days, say there's like a week or a month tidal wave, you know, a rotation. So it'll be like, there'll be a period of time, a few days, a couple of weeks where it's like, Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I've got this figured out. Yeah. I'm doing really good, man. This other guy, these, these chumps, they don't know what the hell's going on. I'm definitely going to be the best at this. So there'll be kind of like a climbing, 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 right? And then yeah. something will happen. It might even be nothing that'll happen. Those are the worst, right? As you hate it when you wake up feeling depressed and like nothing bad happens, so you don't even know what to point it at, you know? <laughs> but like, it's, so it's, it's usually a timing thing. That's what we've learned to track. So all of a sudden, in a very predictable amount of time, a week, two weeks, triggered off by some bullshit event, it's more of the chemicals on a, on a pattern, then it'll crash and be like, oh, I really suck. I'm horrible. I feel real bad. Now, what, what the IPs do, though, is they won't, they won't necessarily usually show that because they're afraid of how they're viewed from the tribe. you know. And so then they'll kind of go away for a couple of days and you won't hear from them because they're now having really intense crashes and feeling of I'm not good enough and insecurity. And now they're having like an EJ swing. you know. And then if the emotion, if it's FE at the bottom, man, that's really hard. Because now you're getting all these insecure emotions out of nowhere. You're not used to these bad emotions. They don't make any logical sense. You know, and that's a fucking wild tidal wave. And then mm. it just kind of, you know, gets out of the bloodstream a few days later. And then they're, you know, they're back up the, the mountain of feeling good until they're feeling too good. And then it crashes over again, you know. I think John could be a decider, but I'm not sure. And I just want to, you know, try to understand what decider is. Because I don't think any of us have as much direct experience with right. it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like the IPs, right? we got the EJs and the IJs and the EPs and the IPs. So it's like the IJs have been able to figure out the most because I'm a goddamn IJ. And then like Batman and Joker chasing each other. I've been able to figure out the EPs really good because they're the opposite. And I get triggered by their bullshit. So they've been easy to see. Shani's an EJ. So I've got a PhD in that shit. And then from there, the IPs were the, the last ones for us to really figure out. So we've just had a lot of clients over the years where um, we would just ask them. We'd be like, hey, dude, like from the outside, it looks like you got it all together. What's the fucking deal? And they would just tell us like one after another after they just keep telling us like, oh, yeah, 
this is what I'm going through. This is what it feels like. Um, and then when you when we're getting videos from celebrities and stuff, if you, it's like you with these patterns, if you know that story, if you know that's what an IP is going through, you'll see it if you're looking for it. But if you don't know that story, you'll never catch it. You know, they'll leak out something real quick. They're like, oh, yeah, I had a really bad weekend last weekend. You know, I told everybody to fuck off and I went drinking anyways. And like, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, me too, whatever. But you have no idea. Like, no, wait, that that really was a big deal. You know what the what the IPs are going through. So, OK, uh, Joseph probably wants to jump in here. But uh, can we talk about the typing and the mistyping that goes on and all the drama and the hate that um, surrounds that. I, Joseph, you probably have something you want to throw in with that. Well, you know, one thing that I really liked about OPS when I started to look into it is this idea that typing, I don't think it's really interesting to find a system where you can just find your type in two seconds and everybody knows what it is or whatever. Like, it's like, what are you getting from that? Um, and so when I started watching your videos, I realized that you guys were doing a very a very similar thing to what we were doing where you are trying to track, like I'm seeing you do things like track people's energy when they're talking about things, you know what I mean? Because we can all talk about everything, but it's exactly. like energy. Yeah, stuff like that, that like when we give people back their typing and they're saying, oh, you know, like I was a four because you just didn't see me talk about how deep I am or whatever. And it's like, no, right. we're not tracking. You know, at the end of the day, we can kind of tell what your type is within two minutes, and then we just have to spend the rest of the video like validating it, like having evidence. Yeah. For it. But it is just tracking these unconscious things, and people really do not like to be told what they are, even though they come to us and say what I know, right? Um, I know. And I've seen you guys go through the same things um, <laughs> and like complain yeah. about it in your videos, which uh -huh. you know is respectable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. So. It's uh, like looking back over some of Carl Jung's quotes, I really see how much that guy got raked through the coals for the same kind of thing, you know? Oh. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, it's a weird, there, there's a whole rabbit hole there, but yeah, it's a weird psychological thing. Like I, I personally believe that like the reason why psychology as an industry hasn't really made much progress, you know, and, and assuming there's some type of scientific tracking here, or we're on the right path or, you know, whether it's us or you guys or the big five or whoever, right. I, I, I believe that like why psychology is way behind every other technological field, you know, in the year 20 fucking 22 is because when humans get close to actually seeing themselves, they're like, never mind. And they turn right around. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. 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 Yes. <laughs> And there is a curiosity. We want to know, like, just seeing, like, um, that's why we call them demons, man. It's like, it, it looks like yeah. there's there's programs in our mind. And I think as we get older and we get more congruent is you start to see that you have competing, very opposite bipolar programs inside of your head. And when you're fucking 12, you don't realize that. Everybody around you realizes that, you know, but you don't realize that. As you get hit to be like 40 or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, I really am kind of controlling and then chaotic and then selfish and then kind of a martyr. I, I kind of do do all those things, you know. But so you try and tell somebody that who, who isn't starting to see that for themselves and it just gets really triggering. So it's uh, it's definitely a mind fuck. And um, that's why our our uh, front end disclaimers are so aggressive. <laughs> yeah, <God> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, you got me wrong typing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> but it, it works. It works. It slows them down. It slows people down. And so it's like half the people write back. They're like, "Well, you got me wrong." And you know, I guess I'll be on my way. I'm like, "Yeah, good luck to you." And, and like, honestly, man, like most people we see that come through, it's like 
it's it's like when we punch people so fucking hard on the front end, it kind of just gets that negativity over with. Mm. And we, we do end up having a lot of quiet positivity slowly over the back end. So a lot yes. of people, a lot of yeah. people, if you watch them like on the forums and stuff, a couple months later, some of them kicking and screaming and causing hell as they do it. They start to kind of see after a few months, yeah. like, oh, shit, I really we am doing that. this. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I was just uh, agreeing with that. That I mean, that uh, cycle happens for us, for sure. Uh, and you kind of can just wait, wait it out. You know, you know, people are going to come back around. A certain number of people are going to come back around after they sit with something for a couple of months and they start to realize you know, maybe it's not so bad that I'm a six or a nine or whatever and right. all of that kind of stuff. And then they, and then they start to settle in and start to see it. And it kind of opens up a whole new vista once they start to get it and get that these types weren't all these terrible negative things that they thought they were or whatever, or that it includes so much more than they thought it did and so forth. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Which is, is so much of the point of self-growth, right? Because people go into it, they're like, I want to know what my blind spots are. You're like, yay, okay, great. And then when you start pointing out the blind spots, they're like, whoa, but that's really hard, really painful. I don't like that. But it's like, yeah, if you keep going, though, then if you know what your blind spots are, then this weird invisible hand that keeps slapping you in the back of the head, which is actually something that you set in motion, mm. you know, then you end up not feeling like a victim because it's like, now in my own life, I'm, I'm like, oh, I actually can see where all this chaos is coming from because I'll over-control shit so intensely that it creates like a, a, a knot in the hose that blows up six months later. And then I just blame it on whatever that, that last thing was, mm. not knowing that I had set that stuff in motion. But to realize that I am actually causing this, you know, like my blind spots are creating a chain of events, it is very hard yeah, I know it's hard for me, it's hard for everybody else to then kind of let go of all the victim stories. Because mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute, because what's what's really happening as well is like, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend over this. Like, I took my my roommate to small claims mm-hmm. court over this. You know, like I moved I moved across the country over the wait, are you saying, you know, like so you like you're, there's it's a huge um it pulls up a huge kind of a you know an ego death of mm, realizing yeah, yeah. that not all stories. There's definitely some really bad shit out there that's completely not people's faults, you know. But we're talking about the daily bullshit, not like abuse or something like that. You know what I mean? The daily bullshit that we all go through, ninety something percent. Like goddamn, that's a lot of that is the stuff that I've been setting in motion. And then like when you say that out loud, you know, depending on the context with the friends you're in like your roommates from college would be like, we all know that dude, mm-hmm. of course yeah. that's you. And then it's just, you just, it's a big traumatizing, you know, feedback loop that yeah. um, definitely takes people a while to get through. Yeah. And part of the thing that we've learned is, you know, we are doing something pretty rare and controversial in the Enneagram world, which is like saying that types can be uh, observed and, you know, identified and you can make distinctions by watching someone's video and seeing them. The type is something that's happening right now. And then we, if we can't observe it, then it's not real. So, and so the, the, you know, people submit videos similar to what you guys are doing. uh, And it's like this process of, Hey, you get to be yourself for, you know, 15, 30 minutes. And we, as strangers who don't know you, who understand the system are just going to assess and give you a result and it's just been a learning process to see you know how 
if if this is being done right and something is being pointed out that is real, that in a lot of ways that someone has to be willing and ready to actually see that because if it is true, it's going to pull up a lot of really painful stuff. You know, and a lot of times people are wanting to be affirmed or, you know, they want someone to agree with the, the, the type that they think they are. And so this process is really painful. I think we've learned the hard way that we, we have to create a level of distance so that we're not, you know, having to be in the wake of these sort of like really dramatic reactions that people have about us, about right. you know, just people that don't know them who are, you know, just doing a service. Yeah, um, right. So it's really cool to see, uh, I guess, to see someone else who is approaching, you know, personality system from the perspective of typing, um, because that's how I, I got into this. And that's kind of what we emphasize with any grammars that's saying if what's the point if we're not actually talking about accurate types, uh, who has learned to, I guess, set up a certain level of boundaries that discourage people from getting involved with the whole typing process. Like to say, hey, like you should probably not do this unless you're actually ready to see something that might disagree with the way you see yourself. Right, right. Yeah, that's what we do. We try and put real heavy disclaimers on the front end of like, hey, you're just signing up for our opinion at this time. You know, we, we can be wrong. We are wrong at times. Uh, this is just what, you, what we're looking at from the outside, um, giving people the kind of wiggle room to kind of do whatever it is that they've already, their, their identity wants to do, you know? Because honestly, like half the people, or probably more than half the people at this point, they're they're they do kind of respect our opinion, and they also are ready. Uh, you know, actually, it's actually gotten a lot better. Like I was just typed in a couple of people last night, and uh, come to think of it, and um, let me let me think. Actually, let me pull it up. See who, see who it was, so I can remember who it was. It was um, oh yeah, this this IP guy, right? Or I believe him to be IP. Shannon hasn't typed him yet, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I believe him to be an ISFP, double feminine, consume. Uh, you know, blah, 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 sleep last, right? And um, the guy really did well at narrowing his type down. He's like, you know, double feminine, lead FI. You know, he had his second saver, you know, NE rather than SE or whatever. And uh, so he was seeing himself really, really well. And then he was also telling his life tidal waves, the IP stuff, you know, hmm. even though he's a very extrovert outgoing guy, he was talking about the IP swings, like, you know, and uh, really had his stuff down. But even though the guy was like, really saw himself very accurately he's still he's like i don't know this is just my opinion of myself we'll see what you guys get maybe i'm an ej and i'm I'm upside down or all backwards or whatever like he just wasn't being a dick about it he wasn't like you know wanting to fight us about it he was trying to understand the parts he was trying to understand himself and then knowing he might have some of those upside down he he was kind of letting i'm starting to see people let go of the fucking labels like i have to be an infj because that's the most popular like would you fucking let like are you here for that like, would you let that shit go, you know? And so right. I'm seeing more people going, look, I just want to know which side is up. I really don't give a shit what type I am. I'm probably upside down, whatever. So I am seeing that more and more. And that, I think, because I'd say probably more than 60% of people are kind of more going that way now, that the people that do kick and scream and fight kind of get their ass kicked a little bit. Yes. By, yeah, that's right? exactly what's happening. <laughs> that's what's happening <laughs> right. for us now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say because the first year we did this, it was hellacious. I mean, we were much more involved when we were doing it for free. And uh, because what happens is the people who stick around who are accurately typed and went through this whole process that you're speaking of, who now can coach people who are having reactions and we don't right. have to be involved. Right. Um, and so I guess one thing that, you know, for example, with the Enneagram is the most common mistype is 
people mistyping as four because you know, it's just kind of the same thing with MBTI. Or it's like, oh, I think I'm intuitive or I think I'm special and unique. And so I must change. be right. four. You know, same, same bullshit, right? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the most common mistype in the Enneagram. And so, you know, we put a lot of effort into making distinctions around type four, you know, the common mistypes to get people to just like, hey, you might not know what the fuck you're talking about. So, you got to, yeah, yeah. You got to poison the well. Be like, man, those fours are bullshitters. And right. Jump. <laughs> and so, for example, I, in this system, because I was like, you know, I have all this experience with typing with the Enneagram. I was like, you know, let me see how much how quickly i can pick up ops i mean ops is very complex and i still made a mistake i i got my functions the four functions right but i typed myself thinking that i might be n-i-t-e but i was actually s-c-t-e and so one of the you things had that audio you had audio right as well i, I did have yeah. you know yeah. audio yeah i did have some yeah. things right but you know one of the things i want to get into because i've seen like kind of the chatter on uh objective personality groups that a lot of people are pissed off that you guys type them sensory instead of intuition and yeah so to get into a little bit like you know for a lot of people who are listening that seems to be the mo- the common dichotomy that they um you know you know people wanting to be intuition for example and yeah. so like to, to get into like what are some useful distinctions that you know based on the human needs and all that stuff that uh someone can point to to identify themselves as a sensory function user versus an intuition right and also i want to say you know because all of us on this call um because we all do intuition pretty well like we make come on here with connections so you someone might say oh those guys are all intuition users and there's a good chance that um you know john who's very intuitive might not be you know and right so yeah just get into that a little bit totally totally so Sensing versus intuition. This has taken me a long time, like thousands of reps, uh, you know, watching lots of people and really trying to ask what is the core of sensory and intuition? Um, how would you really define this? Because every time you go to define it, you meet some special fucking rainbow person that is jumping the mold. Even you, Amika, when you came through, mm-hmm. we had a girl in training at the time and we had like 30 people that month. And like she got to yours and she, she was just, she was, couldn't type you. She couldn't tell you, she couldn't, she, you got crazy hair. I'll take that as doing, a compliment. You're doing fucking guru shit. You're talking NF. She's like, I can't get a read on this guy, you know? Or like, yeah, I know. That's the hard one. Um, but the, the thing with sensory versus, so what I'm saying is like, you can have Elon Musk that is savior sensory. How the hell do you prove that? You can have Tony Robbins who's savior sensory or Gary Vee. Like, there's so many people that are savior sensory that are far more intuitive than a lot of people that are savior intuitive because mm. this bell curve and stuff. But the thing to look for, man, the thing to really look for is that feeling of that we all have that sensory is obligated to prove it. Sensory is obligated to keep it grounded. Sensory is obligated to make sure you have enough paperwork so you can pass it on to the next guy. Like, so for example, on the emails that you've sent me in the past couple of weeks, like you're giving me your abstract point, you're telling me the understanding of what's going on, but you're also including a lot of factual information. So, so for example, when I go to, to retell the story to Shan, like, hey, we're doing the podcast, this, that, the other thing, I'm not just doing an overview or an analogy, like kind of I'm doing now, just saying this, that, or the other thing. I'm not giving the specifics. Mm-hmm. I'm just jumping over that. Like, I could go to the email and find the specifics that are grounded and factual and proven and that are there. So the, the sensory people, for example, this is the most hilarious part of the whole joke, is like say somebody who's savior sensory you're like you know you got me wrong i'm intuitive and here's the facts why here's the <laughs> example 
<laughs> and here's this proof and here's this shit article off the internet that I think is fucking real because I read it and they'll just go on and on and on giving the facts, putting all the data down, giving examples, lots of sensory examples of factual things that have happened. Here are examples why I'm intuitive dominant because one time my mom said, what do you want for lunch? And I already knew what she was going to say. That's a <laughs> factual story, you know, even though you happen to guess sandwiches and it was sandwiches or whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> now, in, in intuition, there's like, it's almost like think about where's your embarrassment, you know? So like sensory is like, I'm embarrassed if I just tell you blah, 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 trust me, right? Intuitives aren't. Intuit, right, Joseph? Intuitives right. would be like, yeah, it was cool, whatever, man. And then they just walk off. And didn't like prove that, didn't give any examples, didn't tell any stories. Because the intuitive yeah. is like, ah, I'm just looking around the corner. I'm getting the general idea, uh, the general concept, the general conclusion. And then I'll just, you know, somebody else will come behind me and prove the facts later, you know? So or, really, it's just that. Right. Or, that? or if you have that sensory demon, you're almost like when you get into that mode, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit. I have right. to you know what I mean? Like I have to do this right. And I, like your eyes are bulging and you're like, okay, I have to get every detail in place, you know, but if I'm just having fun, it's just me giving random. I watched my video back after you typed me and I was laughing because I was, I mean, I always typed this ENFP. It wasn't really a surprise to me, but I was just like, what the hell am I talking about? Like, I know. At one point I was talking about Christmas morning and then next I was talking about like space and I was like, what the hell is that? And I was just having a blast. You know? With double feminine savers too, so you're like NF yes. hippie on crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> jo Joseph, what's your like? I mean, because you've talked about yeah. the story, I just want you to talk about it here. But just like, what's your impression of understanding of intuition now, knowing that I'm sensory, and mm. you know, let's say jo uh, David's probably, you know, intuition as well. Probably, like, yeah. what it? What are you seeing in terms of what I'm doing, and maybe what John yeah. is doing versus what you and David is do are doing? Uh. I mean, I don't know about John, but I can say only because I I do, you know, videos with the two of you guys every week. So I'm like really watching it. But um, clearly we all have the ability to do both and we do both back and forth. And the video, really what we're doing is this combination of like intuition and sensing. As I have, a, I have an intuition, but like, okay, well, we have to prove this and we have to talk about it. But mm -hmm. what I find happens is that you end up like David will come in with his his thing, like, you know, pulling from that net of like these kinds of like webs of ideas that, that he always has not to say that they're the same idea but it's kind of from this this web of like you know david's back this grounded, David but it's an intuition <laughs> yeah right and i'm just kind of like i have like a bag full of like ideas and i'm just gonna keep throwing them you know some of them are shit some of them are good and you know you will kind of be like listening back and forth and then taking some of the stuff that we're saying and being like okay is this anything? Um, right. And is this, is this make any, can, can we, how can I ground this? Um, or sometimes little things that happen, like I think I mentioned this, I don't know, it's not the best example, but it's like a tiny thing that happened the other day where we were texting and, I don't know, David said something and you said, that seems optimistic. And I said, optimism isn't our strong suit. And we said that at the same time. And I thought your comment was sensing. It was just facts. And mine was like, you know, some generalized comment about, the nature of optimism between the three of us, you know? Mm -hmm. So like little things like that will happen. I don't know if that's even a good example, but um, obviously, and then I could go into sensing after that, but it's like, I'm immediately going to go to some kind of overview analogy first. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. John, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, 
I have no idea. I don't, you know, I don't know the system very well. I do think when you talk about observing dominant versus deciding dominant, I do think I'm observing dominant. Okay. But yeah. I don't know what that implies in terms of this stuff. Well, I mean, you could say that the, the, your interest in Egypt, it's like a, a thing uh, focus. I'm assuming that other Egypt, Egyptologists might have a different way of looking at Egypt. And for you, it's kind of like the, um, how this whole, how, how these structures could be put together. And like, I've seen drawings and graphs and things that you've been mapping out, <laughs> you know, mapping out different aspects of, you know, Egypt and the structures and how they connect to the stars. And so it does seem like a, an observer type of obsession. I mean, to me, uh, my experience and, you know, everybody's whatever got their, their own filter on their own experience or interpretation, but you know, for me, like, uh, Egypt just is an actual, like, representation of an orientation and perspective that I've always been, like, fascinated by that gets, uh, that I think, you know, something that I think is very real that gets actually physicalized. It's not just, like, in my head or in an art piece that I've made for myself. It's like, yeah, oh, shit, there was, like, a whole thing that actualized this, and we don't just, like, the whole world isn't just a mall, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not, I mean, the pyramids are just one thing, but it's just the, the strong contrast of how dull and dead everything is today versus like having this sense of bringing something alive into being. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, I mean, I don't know if Dave, if you have any thoughts on that, if that sways you to one side or the other. No, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I'd have to know more. Like, um, I'd have to hear a lot more. Yeah. Like the deeper motivations, like, cause it's like, you get down to the bottom, like say it's like, say for like pyramids, for example. So it's like. The story of from an observer is the longer the observer talks, the 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 motivations are going to be something about yeah yeah the people whatever you know people are crazy back then they're crazy today it'll sort itself out who cares people are fine whatever anyways the lost technology and they used to have these special <laughs> moving things and the aliens came down so it'll go something down that road if they talk for like an hour right 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 or or some some period of time if it's a decider thing a lot of times they'll start with the things you know they'll double observe they'll talk about the technologies and talk about the stones and talk about um all the things you know and but the things are not that triggering you know they're like yeah there's ancient technology and some of us lost oh well whatever but anyways the civilizations the way the people connected the way people loved each other the culture oh it's so different now the people back then versus the people today and cultures going the wrong way or going the right way or something now it'll be talking about people i don't know it's i'm still i'm not sure but i can see both in john i'm not i'm not sure which one he's overdoing because i do hear a little bit more of the the civilization represents like an orientation to inner life and a connection to the like a a cosmic order of things that it's it's almost like it represents like a a, what it means to be a person that egypt represents like an orientation to life itself yeah yeah that that seems yeah yeah more about a character like it almost represents like an ideal orientation for a person that egypt represents that that yeah so watch this watch let's say let's say john or whoever's a a decider or an ip whatever like so they're they're going to be going towards the end destination of I'm trying to solve and settle people, culture, something to do with civilization, et cetera. Along the way, they'll be double observing and not giving a shit. They'll be in a flow state, 60, 40. I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about single deciders in general. Mm -hmm. They'll be in a flow state where 
they're observing sensory and intuition in a 60-40 relative balance and not care. So when they're wrong, they're like, oh, I just need to adjust. And so yeah. like we, we keep finding that it's kind of a switcheroo. Like your strengths are usually in an area that you don't give a shit about. So for the IP and the EJ, their strengths are in the double zero. Like so for example, if I'm watching a fucking documentary on the pyramids, the first thing I'm doing is like, okay, who's who's this coming from? If it's coming from a goddamn ENTP, I'm like, all right. This is going to be like alien Kool-Aid bullshit. I saw watched something on the news where, or there's like a, a side news channel and it was some ESFPs talking about all these conspiracies. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, some yeah. single observer. Here we go. Falling off a cliff here. So it's like with the IPs, they will double observe and they will, they will be able to research the thing far better than the observers that are actually obsessed about it. But because oh. the observers are obsessed about it, they screw it up. But oh. then they don't screw up the people stuff because they don't care right. about it. Okay. See, okay, that's a really good distinction because it's, I mean, I mean, of course we're doing like a, a weird soft typing of John right now, but I've been trying to figure out like, what is John doing that's different from us? Cause we're all social blind and, and awkwardly doing a podcast, but John has this ability to, to really focus on the characters and the personalities involved and to highlight that, uh, in ways that are surprising for a social blind and I'm and his focus on Egypt does feel like this is a civilization of people who really cared about inner life. Um, and, but it's very detailed, but it's still kind of like people and character focus in a way that made me think that he could be, you know, T.I. at the top. Yeah, could be, could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah, I had a question because I was really intrigued by the uh, the animals, and it seems like a very difficult thing to have come up with. And, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like it was just seemed like a really brilliant and original thing, the, these sort of cross, cross uh, functions coming up with this whole other entity. Uh, and so you were mentioning the uh, Tony Robbins for needs. Is that somehow related to the animals or if not, like where did the animals come from? Yeah. So the animals, the animals have ended up being one of the most significant things in tracking self-growth. So let me kind of work backwards and roundabout and then, and then then a little kind of end at, you know, where we came up with them and stuff. But it's like, we've been able to actually define what an introverted person is or an extroverted person is based from the animals. We weren't able to do it from the functions or the letters or the types or any of that stuff. But like when we're actually talking with somebody that is going through it, they're going through hell and they're kind of hitting that rock bottom of the hero's journey. And they're like, okay, I'm starting to see I'm fucking my life up. How do I get out of this? Like the dashboard that we, we find, like when we're, we're seeing people that are making it out of hell is they somehow become aware of their last function and their last animal. Cause like those two are where we as humans are causing such overwhelming voids and blame and demonic negative energy to that that is what is fucking our life off because whatever we have in the middle we got a 60 40 balance whatever we have at the top we're overdoing whatever we have at the bottom the last function and the last animal that is where we just go satanically ape shit and we just won't go near it and that's where the massive void and pile up so for example like say for an ij for example like 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 for me for example it's like i got my last function is SE and then my last animal is consumed. So I'm like doubling up on the same problem. And that's not true for, for all types. Some, some types kind of stagger their, their last function and their last animals. They kind of get to spread out their problems a little bit. And some people double down in one area, you know? So it's like, for me, it's like my type will be like, Oh, I'm just going to stick to what I know. I don't want to OE. I don't want to take in new. I don't want to improvise. I don't want to jump around. I don't want to wait and see. I don't want to plan as I go. So that's the OE. Fuck that. I don't want to SE either. Don't bother me with the facts. So, you know, my last function can go to hell. 
And then the consume, that's a kind of a different deal. It's like, I don't want to know about myself. I don't want to know that my hair is sticking up in the back. I don't want to know that I'm wearing the same pants that I wore since high school. I don't want to know that my car has a flat tire. I don't want to take in. I don't want to, I don't want to like rest and have a movie time for myself or treat myself to a root beer, like the, the last animal, you know? So with everybody, we find where their life's problems, the reoccurring, the reoccurring life problems, right? So let me define that, you know, you're 40 and it's the same old problem you've had since you were kids happening everywhere you go. It's coming from the last function and it's coming from the last animal. Um, and so like with Shani, she's blast last. So like she'll have the, the negative emotions of the FI at the bottom, the, the demon identity, the savior TE, the tribes picking on me, all that. But then you combo that with blast last. Then now she's cauldroning all that. She's holding that all in. Other people of her type that are, uh, Amika, you'd be kind of in this example. You're, you're close to her type. Because they don't have blast last, yeah. they're like, oh, I need to go talk this out. Yeah. You know, now, now, now Mika, I'm not going to go, you're not going to go on a long walk by yourself for two hours in the dark with no input. And, you know, that's not going to come natural or normal, anyways, you know. But it's like, now you'll go shoot yourself with a sleep energy, have a problem there, but not with the blast, but Shani does. So it's like, wherever the last animal is, we just forget to do it. We won't do it, you know. So getting some, like, like for Shani and I, we found that, like, you know, if we start there, like, okay, I'm having a reoccurring problem. My life's melting down. I'm getting those frustrating feelings that I'm a victim. I'm feeling depressed and anxiety. Oh, let me check. Oh, look at that. I'm not doing my last demon and I'm not doing my last animal, you know? So the animals have been extremely significant for self-growth, getting out of the tidal waves, getting out of Groundhog's Day, getting out of the same old problems. The sexuals have not, you know, you know, you know Joseph's double masculine, double, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't really, your life problems don't really come from the sexual energies compared to the last animal and the last function, you know, but yeah, the, the way we came about finding the animals was we were continuing to try to what we call objectively type where we're in separate rooms and we're getting the same type as each other. And without the animals that it only got us to 32 types. So kind of working backwards, like, Say say the ops code really is genetic and say there really is 512 personality types in the genetic code. Like so say that's the that's the non-movable, that's the genetic truth. Again, you know, play along. That say that's the, the non-movable truth, and you gotta work backwards. So if you only had 16, but there's really 512, you got a lot of blurry, vague, you know, you're not gonna get a lot of consistency with your partner because you don't have the precision, you know. Like say there's 512 car types. But all you know is like four by four Corolla and, you know, sedan, like you don't really have the precision of like, oh, no, that's an F-150 Raptor. You know, get very, very, the more specific you can get, the more you can get the same as your partner. So we were stalling out as far as being able to get the same type as each other, you know, more than 60 percent or whatever. So we kept digging around for are there other aspects of this code that are following the same kind of math, the same kind of binary goes in a Punnett square, you know, high school science type format? Um, and if so, could we find it? And so we just would have a whiteboard and we honestly just tried hundreds of combinations. And the animal theory was one of those and was one of the dumbest ones. And it happened to, 
make it longer than 24 hours, which was rare because we would come up with a theory and then we would run it. We're like, okay, so let's see what neighbor Jill is. And we would both work out what type we thought she was. And we, if we came up with a wildly different type, we would throw that theory away. It doesn't seem to be working. But if we came up with, oh, I think Jill is Savior Blast. What did you get? No, I also think Jill is Savior Blast. Like, okay, let's try another one, right? And so then the theory would kind of last over to the next day. So it was just a random idea that we came up with and it happened to work and we were able to continue to unfold the math from it, you know, but it was completely just a random stupid idea. So it was just like, you were just like, oh, what if we just pair different functions together? And that was one of, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We watched the monkey documentaries. We watched, uh, that was brain breaking. That's what we call monkey naps, which now we understand what those were like listening to, um, Andrew Huberman and a couple other people that are talking about like, you know, cortisol and dopamine and different chemicals in your brain. Um, but yeah, we had watched a bunch of monkey documentaries and it was like tearing our brain. Like we, we would like, it was so traumatizing. We were watching these ones. We were going through this because we were seeing like, Oh God, we're like the chimps have the same function patterns as humans. Mm. Or another way to look at it is we have the same function patterns as them. You know, my life just another rung of like my life is not a special rainbow as as I thought it was. We are very predictable and repeatable and animalistic and aggressive and dark just the dark kind of primal energy. But you can watch a documentary like cool, but like when that, you know, versus your soul saw that and you can't ever unsee that, your brain kind of kind of tears and it knocks you out. You gotta go sleep, even though we just got up a couple hours ago. But, but anyways, we were watching a bunch of this shit. And so watching the monkeys, how they would go in these four different stations, they would, they would get up in the morning and they would go scavenge for food and they would do consume. And, and some monkeys, that was their favorite time of the day. It looked like a kindergarten doing rotations. And then they would go play. And, and, uh, and then in the afternoon, they would get aggressive and they'd start like mating and, and like beating each other and yelling at each other. And like, we couldn't figure out that one that ended up being blast. And then at the very end, they'd come back around, they'd come back to camp and they would do sleep. And there were some monkeys, like every single station, there was always a superstar of each station. And so there was this one mm. monkey, this motherfucker had to be, you know, S-I-T-I. He, he, uh, he's the one that like would have the, the little stone, you know, like two stones. And he like had an assembly line where he had collected all these nuts or somebody else did. Or, hey, however, he had all these nuts and he would just like create an assembly line, and, like crack the nuts and organize them and um, didn't really eat them. He was just like, like the guy with the RC plane, like the way that he got out of his anxiety was at the end of the day, he like rocked the sleep department and just repetitively did the same thing. And I'm like, fuck man. Right. And there was one chimp that was like pregnant and it really fucked with Shan because that chimp was pro- like, I know this sounds crazy, but Shani really related to that chimp where that chimp would like, like do everything it could during the day to make everybody else happy, right? Do all the (laughs) DE. And then it's like, did I earn my time that I can run away and hide and have my me time, you know? Yeah. And so like the sleep one really fucked with me and the the play one really fucked with Shan. And um, yeah, then we just start kind of mapping it out. We're like, what if that's sleep? What if that's two introverted functions working together? Like, yeah, like how is that not? Like the guy's sitting there completely like I don't care about anyone else so so DI not DE and I, I obsessively 
get comfort from doing the routine. Like, what else do you call that? You know? Mm. And so um, we just, you know, once once you map out one, that's what's so great about the mathematical code. It's like, as soon as you get the math for sleep, you're like, oh, the opposites play, right? Double introverted, double extroverted. And then you have the two in the middle that are staggered, you know, consume and blast, you know, half introverted, half extroverted, you know, et cetera. So we would discover like one and then it would, you know, like, okay, well, the math said there'd be four. So what would those be? And so real quick, it's like, if you're onto something, it hangs together. And if, it, if you're not, it falls apart. Thank you.